On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I continue with our preview of training camp battles, looking at the quarterback position, Mills versus Stroud. But we will look at Stroud overcoming the struggles of the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Texans is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. I am your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman. And just like every other show, of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis, your Houston Texan beat reporter. Training also, camp day. Training camp day. Also your credential media member, also writer for Sports Illustrated. We will look at some news for the Houston Texans, also trading for a number one receiver, the potential of that. We look at Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud, that quarterback competition heading into camp. But Cody and listeners, along with viewers, we are kicking off today's show looking at will C.J. Stroud overcome the struggles of the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft. So, this is what I want to see from C.J. Stroud heading into camp to kind of get over that hump, right? Specifically, the beginning of the end of the discussion of the number two overall quarterbacks, along with commanding the offense from day one. The second overall quarterback going back to 2010, starting in 2022, Desmond Ritter, Zach Wilson, Tua Tugavaloa, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Johnny Manziel, Geno Smith, who has a resurgence in his career, RG3, Jake Locker, and Tim Tebow. Of the only two of the quarterbacks made it to the second contract with the team that drafted them. Three quarterbacks were out of the league in four years or less. Four quarterbacks have played on at least three teams. CJ Stroud in history may have beef. However, <laughs> starting with training camp, CJ will be in a much more different situation. And I think this is, you know, when we look at the past situations for a lot of those quarterbacks, CJ is going to be in a different situation. Uh, John McNulty was the quarterback coach for Mariota in Tennessee. Rob Calabrese was the Jets quarterback coach uh, for Sam Dow. Sam Darnold, excuse me. Dowell Logans, the Browns quarterback coach and Titans quarterback coach. So that's for Jake, Jake Locker and Johnny Menzel. And David Lee was the Jets quarterback coach for Geno Smith. We're looking at CJ Stroud, guys. He's walking into a situation where he has Jared Johnson, uh, Shane Day, and Bill Lazor. Three coaches who have coached the likes of Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Michael Vick, Nick Foles, when he was very good for the Philadelphia 70, 76, the Philadelphia Eagles, mm. he went 27-2 and two in one season. 
Justin Herbert, and one of the better years for Jimmy G and the gunslinger quarterback, Jay Cutler. Stroud is walking into a situation where the organization has invested in him more than any other quarterback, I believe, in franchise history. Hmm. Starting in training camp, I want to see that investment pay off, or at least in terms of making the quarterback competition non-existent. Develop the necessary chemistry with players to elevate this offense from what we've seen the past two seasons. And so when we look at the past struggles of the second quarterback taken off the board, Johnny Menzel was in a terrible situation in Cleveland. So was Jake Locker. So was Tim Tebow. Uh, of the later quarterbacks, uh, we look at Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson just shouldn't have been a second quarterback overall taken, right, compared to C.J. Stroud at some point throughout the offseason during the draft process. You could have made a case that he would the, he was the number one quarterback on the board. Uh, Daniel Jones is one of those quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes, the only two that made it to a second contract with the team that drafted them. And Daniel Jones didn't necessarily get the uh, fair shake, as I would like to call it, until Brian Dayball came in and established a system also with Mike Kafka as their offensive coordinator that brought out the better attributes of Daniel Jones. And so we see a, a, the coaching and what you put around a quarterback is very important. And that's what I think Houston has here in Houston, which is why overall I don't think we're going to see the number two quarterback struggle stick to C.J. Stroud. I think we're going to see C.J. Stroud from his rookie year to the end of his rookie deal progress and get better in the NFL because of how much this franchise invested in their quarterback before they even took a step on the field for real meaningful games. Yeah, the struggles of second quarterbacks taken in the draft would definitely not stick with C.J. Stroud. John, in my opinion, when I take a look at all of these guys who are prospects coming into the draft, um, I can make an argument that C.J. Stroud was the best prospect of all of them. Uh, maybe except for RG3, and I do believe if it wasn't for those injuries that he sustained in Washington, maybe he would have been one of those second quarterbacks taken that did not struggle. I know there – no, no, no. I know that's Patrick Mahomes. However – I don't know about you, but I did not see this version of Patrick Mahomes coming out. I think some people had Deshaun Watson rated over Patrick Mahomes when you go back and take a look at that 2017 draft class. So when you look at C.J. Stroud as of right now, going back to the draft, there was this big debate, C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. I kept saying it several times. There's not that much of a talent difference between those guys. Everybody else. When you, when you look at those past number two quarterbacks, all of them had some type of attribute that they struggled with. You know what was going on with Tim Tebow. You already mentioned Johnny Manziel. Like everybody, every one of those quarterbacks that was taken number two had something that they was dealing with. C.J. Stroud didn't have that. And then I also loved how you mentioned how the Houston Texans have put C.J. Stroud in the best position possible. I think he is in a better position than what Deshaun Watson had five, six years ago when he was coming in as a rookie quarterback. I would, no, well, let, me, let me to dispute that just a little bit. The talent was there on the field. The coaching staff wasn't there. And I think that's the big difference when I look at C.J. Stroud compared to when I say the rest of the quarterbacks in franchise history. Like, they're going to eventually get everything right on the field with the players. No doubt about it. 
Mm-hmm. But what they have in this foundation that they have set up for in terms of coaches for C.J. Stroud and the rest of, the, of this offense, I don't think we've seen a quarterback walk into a better situation in franchise history. Deshaun had DeAndre Hopkins and, and, and the offensive weapons, but he didn't have the coaching behind it to improve his game year in and year out. Well, he didn't have the coaches, nor did he have the offensive line. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you can look at Brother Brian and say, well, he didn't have that, he didn't have that. But he had DeAndre Hopkins. He had, uh, I think he had one last season with Andre. Uh, no, he never No, no, he didn't have, but he also had, like, he had weapons. He also had Kenny Stills one season. Uh, Will no, Fuller was there. But I'm talking, about, I'm talking about him coming in as a rookie alone. Like, Yes, he had DeAndre Hopkins, but to me, like, Will Fuller was just going into his second season by the time Deshaun Watson got there, so we really didn't know what Will Fuller could bring, and that offensive line was terrible. When I compare that to what C.J. Stroud is coming in, I think he is walking into the best situation possible for a rookie quarterback, and of course, the only other rookie quarterback we can compare to is David Carr, and that was a expansion team, so you can't even count that, but To go back to what you were saying about him overcoming the struggles of a number two quarterback, it goes back to the same thing you and I talked about what I got over at Locked On Buckeyes, that C.J. Stroud is still one of, if not the best prospect in terms of him, not not only overcoming the struggles of a number two quarterback, but overcoming the struggles of an Ohio State quarterback. He got to overcome that first before we start comparing him to the rest of the quarterbacks who were taking number two in the draft. But talent-wise, as of right now, and when I say as of right now, I mean their draft projections and what they was looked at at the time. I'm not talking about what Patrick Mahomes became six, seven years down the line. I'm just looking at when you look at all of these prospects coming out of the draft, I think the only one who had a higher ceiling was RG3. And like I mentioned, I think he would have been phenomenal if he never got hurt. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough decisions and choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected with what you really want while navigating through life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let BetterHelp and therapy be your map every day. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash locked on. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And today is the day. The 2023 training camp for the Houston Texans kicks off today. So by the time some of you guys hear this, we will be on our way to the stadium, at the stadium, probably just not leaving the stadium. But the 2023 training camp kicks off today. And before moving on, I do want to give a birthday shout out to... YouTube comment XX infamous XX321 over the last couple of days. Every time we mentioned training camp, he's kept saying that that is his birthday. So happy birthday to him. Thank you for the love and the support that you have been showing this podcast over the last couple of weeks. 
We appreciate it. Happy birthday, my guy. But we have one more position left to discuss, John. And it goes back to probably the biggest yet the most unrealistic training camp battle <laughs> as of right now. Quarterback looking at Davis Mills versus C.J. Stroud. Um, yes, everybody. We are expecting C.J. Stroud to take the helm as this team starting quarterback. However, going all the way back to the day that they drafted C.J. Stroud, general manager Nick Casario said it. A couple weeks later, Coach D'Amico Ryans reiterated that there is no one including at the quarterback position, who has a starting job. So I'm just going off based on what they said. And this is a battle that everybody is going to keep their eyes on. And, John, when I look at the battle between Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud, if this is a realistic battle between the two, and the Bryans and Casario are literally comparing notes and judging on who's going to take the helm as his team starting quarterback. I think it comes down to two things that both guys have to do in order to separate themselves in training camp. First and foremost, the efficiency, which quarterback actually gives this offense the best opportunity to move the ball down the field and score some points over the last two seasons. Matter of fact, ever since the loss of Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans offense have has ranked, near the bottom of every single statistic and they need to put some points on the board and they need to move the ball down the field and john when i go back and compare my notes from otas and mandatory minicamp both of those guys did a really good job pushing the ball down the field however cj stroud did have the upper hand over davis mills in terms of red zone struggles and i know that's going to be a very important key for the houston texans in 2023 because this is a team in 2022 alone they only scored in the red zone about 33 to 35 percent of the time and of course that ranked near the bottom of the league and two and most importantly i do believe experience is going to go with this camp battle between both of those guys as well davis mills going into his third season he has seen you know several defenses around the league so you know he has more experience cj stroud doesn't have the experience however i go back to something that matt burke said during mandatory minicamp and he said that cj stroud every single day he was asking them about defensive coverages. And I do believe going into training camp is going to be very beneficial that you have two joint practices between the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints. So that's going to give CJ Stroud even more time to learn and get accustomed to the NFL defense. So if there is a camp battle, I think those are the two most important qualities that's going to determine who's going to start for the Texans come week one. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so... I've I've said multiple times on this show that though I do think we'll see some very good competition, I believe that C.J. Stroud will be this team's starting quarterback. So the only thing I want to see from Davis Mills is for him to be better as a player by being better at some of the minor things that he wasn't good at the last couple of seasons, especially going back to his sophomore slump last year. Uh, I want to see him better with pocket awareness, footwork in the pocket, 
better reads. There were times last year with Davis Mills, if you got the ball out quickly to the right read, you know, Houston may be going for six or big game. I've said it multiple times that I believe that at the very least there was 250 yards left out on the field uh, looking at the connection between Davis Mills and Nico Collins. And I also want to see Davis Mills get comfortable with taking chances downfield consistently. Furthermore, play well enough in a preseason to give your shot, give yourself a shot in this league for more playing time in the future. I do like this man. And though he will not be this team's franchise quarterback and Houston gave him an opportunity to do so, the situation wasn't good at all. And to be fair, He's had good moments for Houston. Six games with 300 yards or more. Six games with a completion percentage of 70 or more in two seasons with a dysfunctional offense. So he's had some bright spots. Good enough to say, you know what, let's give him an opportunity like they did last year. We're not going to draft a quarterback. If you guys remember, I've mentioned it, Sam Howell was a real thing for Houston last year. They gave David Smith a chance. The average quarterback years in the NFL is nearly five years. This is year three for Davis, and I would love to see him play good enough so he can play past that lifespan by either being a successful backup in the NFL or maybe getting another shot as a starter. But in terms of quarterback competition, I think Davis Mills comes out uh, as a backup. I think C.J. Stroud comes out as a starter. I just really want to see Davis Mills give himself an opportunity to earn more playing time. Again, whether that may be for the future, of this team as a backup, if ever or whenever, we may not have C.J. Stroud on the field. Or if teams come calling, they still have tape from him in his previous two seasons where he was primarily the starter, maybe going back to college, and what he's been able to do in the preseason for Houston as well. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Before we talk about the idea of Houston trading for a number one receiver, at some point throughout the season, we got some news that I think is important to share. Steven Nelson reported to camp. <laughs> That's important. Texans placed Sheldon Rankins on the non-football injury list. It is nothing major, so he'll be back at training camp soon. Dylan Dethridge, Charlie Heck, Tegan Quatoriano, Kendall Sheffield, and Chase Winovich all started camp on the PUP list. So we'll look. Make sure we keep an eye out on that. But, Cody, I played around with the idea of if Houston is in a position before the trade deadline, they are competing well enough in this division to possibly win the division. Should Houston call up Tampa, say, hey, man, you guys got a, a kid that a young man, rather a man, a grown man, uh, 9,000 yard receivers in a row from the uh, state of Texas, played in Galveston. We want to bring him back home and potentially trade for Mike Evans. So I put that out there on Twitter as I was just thinking around about different ways this team can elevate itself because I do believe that regardless of how this team has been viewed in the past, they will come out this year with intentions to compete. And I've said it multiple times, I'm not bought in on the rest of the other three teams in this division. 
I think that is an idea that should always be in the back of Houston's mind if they are at that point come trade deadline, that they have an opportunity to win this division. And a player like Mike Evans could be that player to help put them over the top to help them secure an AFC South division. Only if they are actually maybe a game and a half, two games out of the division. And when you look at the rest of the division, if there's a real thought that, hey, man, for the next nine weeks or so, we may have an opportunity to really jump some of these teams depending on how their schedule is looking and the teams that they're playing compared to ours, if I'm Nick Asirio and D'Amico Ryans or so. Um, may not be Tampa Bay's Mike Evans. There could be another vet around the NFL that Houston may have their eye on. But the point is, this is a team without a number one receiver. This is a team with an unproven wide receiver group. This is a team that if they are good enough to compete with what I just said that they have, calling teams once trade deadline gets around to say, hey, is this guy available? If so, what's the compensation? Make a trade to elevate this. And by the way, Mike Evans was good for a lot of different quarterbacks. Jameis was Tom Brady. Uh, Whoever took snaps for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's been good for them. He can also have that same effect for your rookie quarterback and CJ Stroud. Um, I could definitely see Mike Evans departing Tampa Bay by the trade day line because first and foremost, I 100% believe that Tampa Bay is going to be sellers at the deadline because it's time for them to just to hit the reset button on their franchise and just start the rebuild. Um, and John, I agree with you. Mike Evans would be this team's number one wide receiver. Um, has been very productive throughout his whole entire career. However, why settle for Mike Evans when there's a guy in Buffalo who seems unhappy with his current situation? I mean, the asking price might be a little bit more, but I don't see that happening. If you, I'm just saying, why settle so, with the thing with Mike Evans compared to <laughs> Stefan Diggs? Is Mike Evans is in a situation where their team is on the decline, right? Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers may be in a position where they may call up and say, hey, we we want Drake May or we want um, the guy everybody's calling him, Pat Mahomes from USC, played for Oklahoma uh, two seasons ago. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but the top two quarterbacks in the NFL, in the NFL draft next year, that's the position Tampa Bay seems like they're going to be in next year. The Buffalo Bills is still <laughs> trending upwards in a sense. They're still one of the best teams in the AFC. They are, at at least as of right now, the better team in the AFC East. They were a couple of plays away from making it to an AFC championship game. So I don't see them moving on from, from, uh, from Stephon Diggs without an asking price. That's absurd. I don't think the asking price for Mike Evans is going to be crazy. No, it's not. Right. And so uh, I think that with Houston only having one first rounder next year, which – is the first rounder that belongs to the Cleveland Browns. They're going to want to hold on to that one. I also think they're going to want to hold on to a second-round pick. If Stephon Diggs is doing Stephon Diggs things, I don't see the Buffalo Bills departing away from him uh, without a second-rounder on the board, and he will go to a team that's also competing for a Super Bowl. Like, when I look around the rest of the league, what receiver that was the number one receiver – would make sense for Houston. Uh, I wonder 
and he has a lot to prove this year. I wonder how the relationship would be with Michael Thomas in New Orleans, but I think that they're going to give themselves a real opportunity to win that division that's kind of weak uh, with Andy Dalton and, and, and uh, David – not Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, who we know is going to need those weapons. So I don't see that happening for Houston. Um, but I think Mike Evans is the one guy that if I'm Houston – if we're in a position where we're second in the division during the trade deadline, guys, and, you know, the receivers that we have are decent, nobody has necessarily taken a huge step, I will call Tampa Bay for Mike Evans. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube. Also, follow us on Twitter X. At Locked On Texans, give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.